0: to the sincerely mere podcast the podcast taking a christ-centered approach to holistic health along with a focus on slow conscious living and of course cultivating nourishing sustainable habits for you and your family hello and welcome back to another episode of the sincerely mere podcast i'm your host miriam diane i hope you guys are having an awesome monday Um, Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Um, her name is Kiara Marie. Kiara is a functional fertility nutritionist who works closely with women to teach and create a sustainable lifestyle and nutrition habits to cultivate a body and life that supports healthy hormones. This is so important. Um, She has attended the Nutritional Therapy Association, the Institute of Functional Nutrition, and the Root Cause Protocol Institute to further her education. Kiara also offers one-on-one services and an online course called Period Restoration to help you guide you on your fertility journey. So needless to say, as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, you need to go sign up for her email list, go follow Kiara. She is so, so knowledgeable. You, I know that you guys are going to love this episode. We talk about so much, all, all different sorts of things, and I know that you are going to learn a lot, and you're going to very much enjoy it. So with that, um, here's Kiara.
1: Okay, welcome to the show, Kiara. Hello, Miriam. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to to be here.
0: Yes, yes. I have learned so much from you, and I'm so honored that you decided to come on and share all that you know with us. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, uh, just for starters, do you want to introduce yourself, share a little bit of your story, all that good stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, where do I begin? Well, I'm a I'm a fertility nutritionist. As um, many of you are, may already know, I. Um, work solely with women, and I help them just look at all aspects of their health in order to transform it and therefore awaken their fertility. Um, So we look at food, rest, movement, stress, and targeted supplementation. And I have been doing that for, gosh, like two years now. Feels like longer, but it's only been two years. I graduated from the NTA, which you're
0: in right now, right? I am. Yes, it's absolutely incredible, honestly, all the information they give you.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's information that you'll really, it'll land with you so much that I even like tried to go a different route afterwards. I was like, no, like give me all the labs and <laughs> like mm-hmm. all the clients and all this research and all that stuff. But it really can be so simple. And I remember feeling triggered by my instructor at the time. Like he was telling me like, you don't need labs. And I was like, but what do you mean? <laughs> like, I feel like you yes. Labs. The foundations. Yes. yes. It always comes back down to those foundations. Mm-hmm. And Um, We often forget that because I think we can kind of become impatient with our healing um, if we're not just like trying all the things, especially all at once. And Mm -hmm. I I did that for sure. Um, I think we kind of have to maybe go down that route in order to really come back home, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now and just really focusing on the simple things. And yes, those foundations, so um, yeah, I went to the NTA, then I went to the Institute of Functional Nutrition, and then um, I, I most recently became a root cause protocol consultant. And now I'm becoming a breathwork facilitator because I really want to integrate like the trauma piece into awesome. my practice because mm-hmm. it's, it lives in the body. It can keep the body in a fight or flight state without knowing it. And I think it's just really important to deepen that journey and um, addressing the emotional body and connecting that to the physical body so that's where I'm at <laughs> that is amazing
0: you're doing so many awesome things <laughs> the uh the root cause protocol
1: that's next on my list I don't oh, know yeah. when I'll
0: get to it but I really want to to do that yeah. program too
1: I, I think it's awesome and, and learning under Morley is yes <laughs> um, I, a bit of knowledge but man oh yeah. my gosh prepare yourself
0: <laughs> okay yeah I completely nerd out over his stuff so mm-hmm. just to actually like yeah just learn directly from him would just be amazing
1: <laughs> yeah well it, that program keeps gro- growing so mm-hmm. you and he just he just released
0: a book have you read that
1: or no I haven't read it um I've been it's on my list but I have like three other books on my nightstand that I'm slowly coming my way through so mm-hmm. That's next on the list. <laughs> finish all those books, so probably won't get to it till next year, unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah, he did really good things about it. Have you read
0: it? I haven't. I just saw that he released it, and uh, a lot of the people that I follow were posting about it. So it's like, oh, I need to check that out.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, I kind of hate this word, and I'm sure you kind of do too. But pro metabolic lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, diet, whatever you want to call it, um, has really blown up. In the health sphere, were you always like taking that approach in your practice, or was it something you kind of discovered later on?
1: Oh no, like I learning mean, <laughs> from the NTA, it kind of goes uh-huh. really against like what the NTA preaches, and that's not to bash repeat or to bash the NTA. I think everyone comes into it with their own perspectives and their own knowledge and research and the science is never settled. Like just exactly. yeah. to learn all the things. So, I came across it last summer, and I was intrigued by a supplement. One of my followers posted one of my friends, and then I went down a rab- rabbit hole of mm-hmm. <laughs> information. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, um, there is a lot, like the whole sugar piece, and I was like, "Huh." And triggered too. Like I was triggered by it. I was like, that's not what I've learned because I actually used to call myself a sugar addict because I just didn't (laughs) do it. But at the same time, I was trying to go on these intense sugar um, cleanses and detoxes. And just every time I like would go like two, three days without it, I found myself like binging hardcore on the third day and was like, something's wrong with me. Like, <laughs> um, so when I discovered that fruits even could be supportive in our diets, I was like, huh, let me just like, give this a try. And instantly like my mood, my libido, my, I even noticed like my life, like, like my life force coming to back to my face. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, no,
0: I, that makes total sense.
1: my my color was really dull, my Mm -hmm. skin wasn't it just wasn't vibrant. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: when I started introducing something as simple as fruits back into my diet, um, I noticed that and my energy, my vitality, like everything just started coming back. And it wasn't like I was craving these things either. Um I've actually stopped craving a lot of like baked goods. And I know that's crazy here. Like hearing myself say that because I used to Be so into like baking and, you know, I still am every now and then, but I'm not like, oh my gosh, I have to get home and make some cookies because I know I'm going to be craving some cookies after dinner. Like I got to satisfy that sweet tooth. No, it's, it's much more different because I'm integrating fruits throughout the day. My body is just like, it's just well-fed. Like it doesn't really have those intense cravings anymore whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, I haven't always been involved in the pro-metabolic sphere. And yeah, I kind of feel like that word or phrase or term, I don't even know what to call it. has I don't know, just slapped like another like diet label on there. I know that's that's not what you think. That's not what I think. But um, and I know what people mean when they come to me thinking that. But right. I also tend to shift that perspective and know that it's it's not another diet. This is a lifestyle, exactly, and really just focused around traditional foods that our bodies have been um, craving and having for long, a long, long time. Um, so I feel like it's so simple, but right. Um, I tend- Recomplicate things, so yeah, definitely glad to be a part of the space, though for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you you said someone posted about a supplement. Do you remember what supplement it was?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was the Meta Life supplement. Okay. Like it protect.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it was Matt and Jessica Ash were my two like introductions into it. And I remember just thinking Matt was crazy for a little bit, but I was like, I kind of want to hear what you have to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, definitely yeah. A lot of uh, research and knowledge to be shared there.
0: Yeah. Sure. Um, so uh, you've been doing this for two years now and you kind of recently niched down to fertility. Uh, was there a reason for that? Or do you want to explain a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So my symptoms were pretty much geared towards gut, well, mainly like digestive dysfunction and hormones. Like those were the two things. And I, like, I think that's like for every woman out there pretty much. Yeah. But for me, I started to connect the dots with my health journey. Like why is this happening to me? That was always my question. And any doctor I went to, they were like, not giving me a clear cut answer. They were just sending me away with another prescription medication um, or just shrugging their shoulders and saying, I don't know, saying you have idiopathic IBS. Um, it's in your head. It's all in your head. Like I literally felt crazy even by people around me, like just bless their hearts. They didn't know like what it felt like. Um, and now clearly they believe me, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> It's, um, always made me ask that question, like, why, 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 um, how did I get here? And I've just been able to like many, like many other women in this space have been able to trace it all back to birth. And even prior to that preconception, um, so I think everything that I'm doing today, focusing on my gut function, digestive function, hormone balance, and maintaining that, um, all optimizes fertility and therefore yeah. like. I am quote unquote in my preconception phase, although I have no plans on having a baby anytime soon. So it's, yeah, that's kind of my why, like we should all be working from this baseline um, so that it is a gift to our children and, and their children so that they have their health and vitality in place and not really having to do as much legwork as we've had to do and kind of like figure out all the pieces and like, why is this happening? Connect all the dots. They can just work from a preventative standpoint and live lives that, um, are supportive to their metabolism. So yeah, that's kind of my, my why and why I niche down. Um, and fertility doesn't have to be like for women who are trying to conceive in in the near future. It's really for any woman who is any stage of life. Yeah. Any stage of life who is cycling, um, they I mean, fertility is a is a marker for overall health and vitality. So it's your fifth mm-hmm. vital sign. Um, so I don't think it's all too different than what I was doing. It's just more of like a yeah, targeting those thinking yeah. that your your period or your fertility have nothing to do with your health and your digestive function. It's it's really all interconnected.
0: Exactly, I know there there are so many fertility doctors out there, but not a lot of them focus on what you do. Okay, what are three steps that you could practically take to like improve your fertility, so like supplements or foods? Uh, is there anything you'd recommend to somebody?
1: That's a really good question. um gosh, there are like so many things, but if I had to come up with three um it would be to first. And I think everyone has their own timeline. Like yeah. some people may need to focus on the emotional body first before they even attempt on focusing on the physical body. And I say that because some people are living in such a chronic fight or flight state that they're not capable of following through with a new food plan. You know, mm-hmm. like I can hand someone a food plan and say, "Here you go. You want to optimize your fertility? Here you go." But they can't stay with it because they have so much going on up here and they, they're so disconnected from their body. So they might actually benefit more from like body work and really dropping into that, um, you know, whether that's through um, prayer or, or meditation or um, breath work is, is something that I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of um, and healing that part so that they're at least in a state where they can follow through with the food plan. So, but let's say someone is capable of following through with a food plan and they're able to stick to it. Um, Then I would say first and foremost, like focusing on foods that are not going to work against your physiology and rather support it. There's so many foods out there, as I'm sure you know, Miriam, like, have been, that have been labeled as these quote-unquote superfoods, such as chia seeds and quail and celery juice and <laughs> all those things that, you know, I'm not trying to bash any other food or demonize it in any way. Like, sure, if you want to have a chia seed pudding every now and then, if that, like, truly makes you happy, yeah, satisfies like, you. <laughs> I find that hard to believe because I'm just like, I would much rather have like some Greek yogurt and bee pollen and honey. Like that feels really good to me, but I avoided things like that because I thought, you know, dairy was bad and all those things. So we first have to peel back the, the misinformation that we've been fed over the years and really understand the foods that are going to be supportive for our fertility. And that's really going to come back down to the traditional foods that our ancestors have always been eating. So I'm a big fan of organ meats. Um, I eat like four ounces of them mixed up in some ground beef once or twice a week. Um, I want to say it's like twice a week because I don't know how many organ meats are actually like in ounces are found in the U S wellness meats ancestral blend that I get. Um, so I eat that and then I also eat lots of, a lot of like fruits and root vegetables, especially now that it's fall. Um, yeah. I make, I'm getting like a lot of squash and potatoes and carrots and just all the yummy things. Um, and then what else? What else? What else? What else? <laughs> <I'm just trying laughs> to all the, the, I mean, like I, when I think of nourishment, I think of soups and stews and, yeah. Other things we've kind of just stayed straight away from because of convenience. And I said something to one of my clients the other day. I was like, let's choose nourishment over convenience because she's actually coming from like a very standard American diet. Um, And it's hard for her to kind of like break that habit because it's convenient to choose the, the, whatever, um, packaged pre-packaged, food, yeah. you have pre-packaged food over like actually making yourself and your family a meal. I mean, it does take time. It does. This is like a whole new lifestyle change for a lot of people. Um, and so that's why I advise everyone to try to take it as slowly as possible because it can feel overwhelming and you're trying to change your life in a night and that's totally impossible and unheard of. Um, But yeah, going back to the food piece, what we really say is like foods that are easily digestible by the body and bioavailable. So animal proteins are going to be bioavailable, meaning that your body has to do less work to actually convert them into, um, the, the necessary vitamins and minerals that your body needs. Um, when you consume plant proteins, there are certain, um, nutrients, anti-nutrients found in them that are going to inhibit the, um, digestion of the nutrients found in those. So you're going to have to consume a lot more. And then you're also going to have to rely on a strong metabolism, a strong, robust metabolism in order to be able to do that conversion, which a lot of people don't have these days due to a variety of stressors. Um, so That's kind of like the approach I take, having an animal-based nutrition in my practice, um, animal-based nutrition perspective in my practice, um, along with easy-to-digest carbohydrates, because carbohydrates do serve a place in, um, I think, everyone's diet. Yeah, (laughs) yeah lack carb tolerance though these days because they are insulin resistant. They have severe mineral imbalances. They have really poor gut motility. Um, and so they just blame the carbs and then they just eliminate them and then they feel a lot better without the carbs. Um, not understanding why that's happening in the first place and also not understanding that that could be having a a further, uh, impact on, uh, your metabolism and just wrecking systems later on. So it might work temporarily, but we definitely just strive for like long-term success. And that's really just by like eating real foods. And it's sad that we have to say like, you have to eat real food because yeah, that is a category these days. And like, yeah, it was like everything's
0: made in a lab these days and it's like, no, <laughs> we need the, the real thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: No, that yeah. was that was great. <laughs> Do you have
1: anything yeah. to add? <laughs> can I answer your question? I was like, I can just go off on tangents, but oh, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I think it was like really getting the food piece down, um, incorporating the organ meats, getting the carbohydrates in there that are easy to digest. And then as far as your fat goes like that is going to be found in a lot of the animal proteins that exist. Yeah. Um, big fan of organ meats because they have retinol in there, fat soluble, vitamin, retinol, uh retinol and um that's necessary for a lot of metabolic functions in the body
0: um mm-hmm.
1: essential for thyroid health essential for women as they do become pregnant um and even larger quantities Um, and then I guess after that would be like, once you got the food piece down, you're eating the right foods. It would be to implement blood sugar balance, making sure that you're eating in a timely manner, making sure that you're eating enough food on your plate, making sure it has all three macronutrients in there. Um, and making sure you're eating within an hour of rising. And, you know, I don't think anyone has to jump from zero to 100. I know that's kind of the Unsaid rule here in the the metabolism sphere, like you need to eat every three to four hours and blah blah blah. But a lot of people are coming from like intermittent fasting backgrounds and they're eating like once or twice a day. So don't go from zero to one hundred. Um, although I, I do understand, like some people are excited to begin eating normally again, um, but then they might you know experience some of the 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 side effects from that, whether that's unwanted weight gain or yeah, I think that's pretty much. Or like I mean, there are some other sim- symptoms too that come along with that. Like mm-hmm. maybe some acne or just like jumping from zero to one hundred. It's never like a good idea, but again, I understand the excitement there. But that yeah. would be kind of my my top tip is just understanding the food piece. And when you have that in play, I think you'll know what to go back home to. And then you can start navigating other areas of health, like cleaning out the household, uh, making sure you don't have any toxic products going into your body or on your body, um, making sure you're incorporating movement. Like there's so many other things.
0: I know it's, it's so uh, sad that it's so hard to be healthy these days because we're just bombarded by toxins and fake food and all of these things. And it's like, like, what (gasps) are you supposed to do?
1: (laughs) You know, I think about that all the time. I was mm-hmm. like, are we just gonna have to like fight to be able to stay healthy these days? Like yeah. No, I don't want a smart meter on my house and like you have to pay extra for that. No, I don't want to, um, I don't
0: know. Yeah, <laughs> don't know. no. It just I don't wanna to have to buy all these fancy gadgets just to protect myself from like EMFs and yes. the radiation that's all around us and it's like Oh man. Like I know, you know, people are always like, I want to go back to life when it was like simpler when it's like they use mm-hmm. candles for their lighting and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, there were their challenges there, but at least they didn't have to worry about EMS and all <laughs> these things. It's like,
1: uh. <laughs> um, uh, they have their other challenges, like maybe running away from a saber tooth tiger or something right. like that. <laughs> Like I'm <laughs> really grateful for,
0: Yes. Some of the modern
1: advances and like the life that we have today, but I wouldn't mind going out to live in the country, like just far Someday. away.
0: Someday, me too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Someday.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So uh, we got some really good audience questions. Do you have anything else to add? Otherwise, we can jump into those.
1: Mm, no, I'm, I'm curious to hear what um, people are asking. So we can jump right into that.
0: Yeah. So uh, the first one I have. Um, Sorry. Do you have any? Adv- oh my gosh! Why can I not word this right? <laughs> what steps would you take to regulate cycles with endometriosis? Jeez.
1: Oh. <laughs> any advice? Cycles with endometriosis. Yeah. And you know, I say.
0: Person- yeah, it's like looking to Corey's Corey Malloy's story.
1: <clears throat> oh yes, for sure. That's yeah. Right Getting she had endo. I know. Right? Um, because she just looks like the healthiest person today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it breaks my heart. I actually was um, on social media the other day and I was reading that someone was not being heard by their doctor. And then they finally found a doctor that would help them. And immediately they just jumped to surgery. And we're just missing a huge piece of the puzzle, guys, like Mm -hmm. nutrition, lifestyle, mineral imbalances. Um, So... Four steps? Was that the question? Four
0: steps? Um, just any steps doesn't have to be oh, a certain number. Just any advice, essentially. Okay.
1: Um, well, I would also check out my fran- friend Roxanne. She's um, owning dot endo on Instagram. Okay. I don't know if you want. I that. can. Yeah, I was gonna say I can link her in the show notes. Yeah, because she just created a PDF that. Um, oh. It's like and it has like the step-by-step process for endometriosis. I've had clients with endometriosis and we've gotten a long way with just focusing on um, nutrition and getting the right foods in there, balancing blood sugar and incorporating targeted supplementation support Um, especially with a, with a big focus on minerals. So like mineral drops are pretty much useful for everyone. I feel like there Mm -hmm. hasn't been a time where I'm like, nope, no mineral drops for that person. I think the dosage does matter though. Like if someone hasn't supplemented with mineral drops before and the brand that I use is Aussie minerals, Um, and I just add like to any empty water, I'll add a few drops to that. Um, but some people, if they're uber sensitive can experience a quote unquote Herxheimer reactions. Um, so I would just like titrate very, very slowly and not to start off with the full dose. Um, but that, um, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, going back to what I said about the food piece earlier, I would just make sure that someone is integrating the, those foods into their diet, balancing blood sugar. And most importantly to, I think prioritizing rest, like, are you moving at a million miles per hour? Mm-hmm. I think so many women are trying to keep up with the societal demands that have been placed upon us by the systems that are in place. And if you're moving at hundred miles per hour, like your body doesn't like that right now, your body wants rest and repair. So give it exactly that. Um, but I think everyone can also benefit from looking into other lifestyle factors, like what are their relationships like, um, are they really good at stress management? A lot of people aren't, and these are tools that we have to teach ourselves or learn like from mentors. And once you nail down those foundations, then you can trickle into like Uh, cleaning out the household, looking into EMFs, um, you know, all of those really important things, but it can feel overwhelming at times. So I think people should just focus on one area of health at a time and then kind of just graduate onto the next. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So the next question, it's how to fix a luteal phase defect.
1: So that probably is indicating that you did not ovulate. You do not have enough progesterone to sustain a 10 to 14, 14 or 16 day long ovulation. I mean, uh, luteal phase. So priority would be to figure out why your body isn't ovulating. And remember your body needs to feel safe in order to ovulate. Um, So I would do an audit of your lifestyle, your food and ask yourself why your body doesn't feel safe enough to ovulate have you been in a chronic state of undernourishment for a long period of time i was i you know came from the fitness industry and was severely under eating and over exercising um i've been on low carb diets keto i used to intermittent fast uh it's no wonder my body was having an ovulatory cycles um I wasn't tracking my cycle at the time. So I don't know like how long my luteal phase was. Um, but you know, I would get a period each month, but I wasn't, I know I wasn't having ovulation because we did a Dutch test. Um, and my progesterone levels are really, really low. So first and foremost, asking your body why it doesn't feel safe, figuring that out, creating safety in the body can happen in so many ways, whether that's through breath work, um, addressing the traumas in your life. And that's obviously going to not happen overnight. Like asking for support is really crucial in that area. Um, as well as like building resiliency within your body, like getting enough food in for your body's needs. Um, if you're someone who works out, you're going to need more fuel than someone who doesn't. If you're, um, if you're experiencing a lot of stress in your life um, you're going to need more fuel than someone who maybe isn't eat, uh, experiencing enough stress in their lives or a lot of stress in their lives. And you can also support blood sugar. That's a really good way to build resiliency because a lot of people um, I know this was my case too. I was super anxious all the time and I know I wanted to like reach out for a Xanax or I just thought like anxiety was my thing. Like I have anxiety. I am anxiety. And so I identified yes. <laughs> with that so much, but I didn't realize like the blood sugar piece that was um, really important in preventing that. So balancing blood sugar is a really, I think people overlook this so much and a lot of people don't know what yeah. blood, balancing blood sugar even means. Um, so I like to think of it as, making sure you're eating enough food on your plate, making sure you have a good balance between your fats and your, I mean, I'm sorry, your carbs and your protein. Um, Some people can do a one-to-one ratio. Some people can do a two-to-one ratio. Some people can even go all the way up to three to one ratio of carbs to protein. It's whatever supports your blood sugar. And, but I would typically recommend starting off with like a one-to-one ratio of carbs to protein. Um, but do- doing something as simple as that and eating frequently throughout the day. I remember there was one point in my healing journey where I was eating two hours every two hours, and I was like, "Is something wrong with me?" But my metabolic rate was just increasing like crazy at yeah. that time. So I was just—I'm
0: um, at that point. You are <laughs> personally, yeah. It's like I'm yeah. just hungry, like almost immediately after a meal or whatever.
1: I'm not sure if you felt the same way too, Miriam. But I used to not have an appetite in the mm-hmm. morning. So that's why I yeah. wouldn't eat until one o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like that's not normal. Yeah, I, I wanted- was,
0: I was that person that uh, coffee was my breakfast. No, oh, was Yeah, that was what I would drink coffee till like noon, and then I'd eat a, I'd eat a crappy lunch, and then more coffee, and just so bad. <laughs> it's like I love coffee. I can use it to my advantage now, but. Back then, it was very toxic. It's <laughs> oh, my that toxic so trade. The toxic <laughs> tree.
1: <trait. laughs> I um, I actually, this is so crazy, but I didn't start drinking coffee until October of 2019. I just mm-hmm. suddenly got this like coffee craving, and I was like, "Huh, this is weird." I always used to demonize coffee too. I was like, "This is uh, so bad for your anxiety," and this is. So bad for you, like coffee's mm-hmm. bad, just like how I used to demonize fruit. Oh my gosh, I was that makes me so sad to even Right. yeah, oh, man. But you know, we forgive our past selves, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I and what would I do before I ate at one o'clock in the afternoon? I would go do a fasted, um, what are those things? cycling workout, yeah, fasted cycling workout, like intense 45 minute ride, and um. Oh, just like, yeah, just thinking thinking it's
0: like cringe,
1: (laughs) yeah, cringe. Um, (laughs) but the all those things were contributing to the lack of ovulation and therefore potentially short luteal phase. Um, so figure out why you're not ovulating, um, create that safety in the body through food and nourishment and lifestyle factors. And then kind of just watch the body unfold. Now, there are also like some supportive supplements. Like I've used Avocetol in my practice. Um, Also, integrating a hair tissue mineral analysis may be helpful. Like I I think that may be useful once someone has laid out all their foundations and are like, okay, what's what's my next step? Because I feel like I'm kind of hitting a wall in my journey. Um, And just using the HTMA or any lab for that matter, just some insight, more information, some more clues, and just getting a little bit of a clearer picture can provide like some more validation for some people and just trusting the journey a little bit more. Um, but there, there's a, there's a big hormone piece connected with the hair tissue mineral analysis because minerals run enzymes and enzymes run hormones. So, uh, I love the HTMA. But that's kind of like my, my two cents on the short luteal phase or luteal phase defect. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That was good. I love that. So mm-hmm. what are some ingredients? And I'm guessing she means like foods or key nutrients. Uh, what would be ingredients to build your own prenatal mm-hmm. rather than taking a pharmaceutical one? Or
1: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I usually just recommend like taking desiccated liver if yeah. someone really wants like a, a supplement. Um, but like for me, what I'll probably do during pregnancy is kind of what I'm already doing now. <laughs> like right. I, mean, I yeah. probably would increase my cod liver oil consumption, um, maybe increase my organ meat consumption, but I take cod liver oil once a day, a tablespoon a day. And then I, um, I eat organ meats like four ounces a week. So I'd probably up that to like six to eight ounces a week. Um, and so many people are concerned about vitamin A toxicity. Uh, Unfortunately nature has got your back. Um, there's, it's hard to create vitamin, vitamin A toxicity from real food. Like you can do that easily with any synthetic vitamin A, um, because it's lacking its proper cofactors and, and good ratio with it. Um, but nature came so perfectly well-made. So you don't have to worry about that. And it's not synthetic vitamin A. It's not beta carotene. It's actually preformed vitamin A retinol. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's really what I would do. I would make sure I'm getting in lots of eggs for CoQ10, uh, choline, um, what else? Folate. Um, basically all the foods that I'm eating right now. Um, I'm trying to think lots of fruits and root vegetables, but I think that's pretty much eat it. I know some women like to still eat raw oysters when they're pregnant. A lot of women also don't like to because they fear the, the foodborne illness. And I will hundred percent say that I've experienced foodborne illness from oysters. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Um, from raw oysters. Um, and the whole thing with, doing that while you're pregnant is that your immune system is a little bit weakened. Um, so you are a little bit more susceptible, Mm -hmm. but I, I mean, it's, it's all up to the woman. Like I know my friend Meg, Meg Langston, she continued eating raw oysters throughout her pregnancy and she was totally Mm -hmm. fine. Um, but I think smoked oysters are definitely like a, uh, a safe bet for me at least. Um, otherwise there are desiccated oyster supplements and that's a really good source of zinc and copper. Um, so just making sure that everything you put into your body is, is nutrient dense, but I also know, and I have worked with a lot of women who have experienced morning sickness. Um, and it's just, sometimes it's just the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> and yeah. totally accepting that and trusting that your body is doing exactly what it needs to do. Um, and just doing the, the best we can, like I want you to eat anything and everything, like whatever you can stomach, even if it's not like quote unquote nutrient rich, um, right. The first half. And there are like things that can help mitigate that too. But
0: yeah, yeah I know, I was, I listened to a podcast a while ago. Maybe it was even yours, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Noel and she was, was talking about her pregnancy and she said she felt like kind of sick for a little bit at the beginning, but she like Mega dosed progesterone, and then she just like
1: uh, it was fine. I thought <laughs> oh that
0: was really interesting.
1: <laughs> you know, I really need to go lo- and listen to that episode again. Actually, fun news she's coming on the podcast again. So, oh my gosh,
0: it. amazing! <laughs> I can't oh, wait. I could <laughs> listen to Noelle talk all day. <laughs> <She was awesome. laughs> um, okay, now where was I? Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, what would be some fertility superfoods? I know you kind of already touched on that.
1: Yeah. In the last
0: question, but
1: um, you know, eggs, I oysters. About, I didn't talk about bone broth. Oh um, yeah, bone broth, eggs, oysters, um, any seafood really, like any animal proteins. I consider like a superfood. I, I guess the king of all superfoods would definitely be like organ meats for me. Um, yeah. I think there's really just no getting past that. And a lot of people are just like, ew, like how can I bi- bypass that? Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, it's like always the cop out They Like, it's like, I come know. on. Like, <laughs> I want to get better, but I won't eat oysters or liver. Yeah. I, want, yeah. I just won't do that. And I'm uh, just like, and while I can totally understand that, I get it. I get it. But for me, I was in such a place where I'm like, give it to me. Right. <laughs> I'll do right. anything. I'll do anything. And it's truthfully like not that bad. But right. I understand a lot of like picky eaters out there. And based off the way they grew up, I mean, hey guys, like I grew up eating McDonald's, Burger King, KFC. I ate out like three to four times a week um during the week because my brother always had baseball games. We were always traveling. My parents were always tired by the time we got home to make dinner. Um, They definitely cooked at home. But I want to say, like, it was 50-50 eating out or even, like, 70-30 sometimes. Like, like, you know, I'm not exempt. I didn't grow up this way. My dad did. Like, whenever I'm like, oh, dad, I'm going to have some liver tonight. He's like, save me some. Like, he, he loves that stuff. And it's just like. And my grandmother, like, used to soak her rice overnight, and they used to pressure cook their beans. Like, they had all these traditional methods in place. But just through the years, through, um, you know, uh, factories and industries being made, like, it's just – it's all – there's a paper trail for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just lost touch with that convenience and everything has been modernized and we're moving at really fast paces. And um, I just hope that people realize that and acknowledge that this is how the world lives, but that doesn't mean that I have to live this way. That doesn't mean that I have to move at a million miles per hour. That can also mean for me to have the ability to slow down whenever Mm -hmm. I want to. Um, that's kind of why I, you know, m- made the lifestyle change that I did. I was moving at a million miles per hour and then I decided to leave my full-time job and, and go on a health sabbatical pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I just, I can't do it anymore. My body was telling me no, in so many ways, I just, I physically couldn't do it anymore. So here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So would you recommend progesterone to someone who's trying to conceive?
1: Um, So I've had clients who were on progesterone prior to getting pregnant and they need to continue progesterone uh, at least until the sixteenth week um, when the placenta comes in, because you don't ever want to take away something that may have contributed to the actual conception of the baby. But I have also worked with women who did not need progesterone supplementation um, in order to get pregnant. So progesterone is definitely big in this whole metabolism, repeat space. Uh, I mean, I took progesterone. Then I also noticed a time period where I didn't, Like notice the progesterone was helping me anymore. It actually seemed to be working against me and actually making my skin a little bit worse. So I actually have like a really strong ovulation these days and I am like producing the amount of progesterone progesterone that I need to be producing. Um, So maybe the progesterone helped me for a period of time because I had lab results to actually confirm that I needed the progesterone, but a lot of people are blindly supplementing this. And I've had clients come to me like so pressed about taking the progesterone and then we run the Dutch test, um, and their body seems to be producing enough progesterone or maybe it doesn't. Um, but the body is still lacking safety. Hormones are never the root cause of everything. So we need to get to the bottom of why those hormones are like imbalanced in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, so hormones are kind of like the what, but the h 2 gives me more of like the why.
0: Yeah. So, so the minerals are kind of like the base. And then that's, you kind of said that earlier, the minerals what? affect the enzymes and the enzymes affect the hormones.
1: Yes, okay. mm-hmm. exactly. So I don't think that it's really so much about progest- like supplementing progesterone. It's about asking like why the body isn't producing progesterone, um, which is because it may or may not be ovulating, um, And someone may have enough progesterone, but they're not utilizing it. So it doesn't always necessarily mean like this person needs to supplement with progesterone. It's about asking the person or asking the body, like, why aren't you utilizing the progesterone that you are making? Um, I see women running at a million miles an hour, like still, even today, it's so hard to flip that switch off when you have been in that sympathetic state for a really, really, really long time. Um, and their progesterone seems to be perfect but then they have a miscarriage. And then that's when we also look into iron overload and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, progesterone, I have my tips about it. I don't think it's always necessary. I haven't used progesterone with a client in a really, really long time. Even when I do, it's like at the tail end of everything, making sure that we've solidified all of their foundations.
0: Okay. That is really interesting cuz I've I have been looking into progesterone supplementation, not even like for a specific reason. I just, I keep hearing about it, you know, in this space and I'm like, I should maybe try that or experiment on it. But I'm like, ah, maybe I'll hold off now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But what sort of testing would you recommend to check your fertility status? Would that be the HTMA?
1: Or is there something else? So, once I'm kind of like talking about this in my preconception group program that is launching next year, mm-hmm. um, I'm at least integrating the full Monty Iron Panel and the hair tissue okay. of this um, because that's what I've learned to combine as a root class protocol consultant. Um, the Dutch test is kind of like an additional test that I utilize in my VIP, like client practice. Um, but those would be the three. Okay. And, you know, I've kind of stopped utilizing GI maps, uh, stool tests okay. in my practice because I've heard that there's a lot of um, nuance with the whole H. pylori piece on there. Um, the GI maps are like faulty and they're sequencing and blah, blah, blah. And I just truly really found like it's such an expensive test. And kind of what I was mm-hmm. talking about on stories yesterday about how. There are so many things that we could be doing, like as you're learning as an um, as an NTP, like chewing your food and getting into that parasympathetic state, making sure that, sure that the foods you're con- consuming are really going to be supportive to your physiology. Um, what comes back on a GI map is really just going to, I, I don't know, I feel like you could run in circles with a test like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the HTMA, the Fulmonti Iron Panel are... Um, at least the two that I would recommend in a preconception journey after you laid out all the foundations.
0: Okay. man, I'm learning so much from you today. (laughs) Um, Okay. So this will be a fun one. How does the pill affect your fertility?
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, that's so many. I mean, you have thyroid function, you have the microbiome, you have nutrient deficiencies. Um, what else you have like cognitive function a lot of people have like severe brain fog anxiety mood swings um, and then you have the whole hormone component like if you're talking about the um, the pill that contains both estrogen and progestin um, mm-hmm. you're flooding your body with a crap to have a synthetic estrogen and on top of that your liver is not working optimally while being on the pill um, and your thyroid function is slowed down so there are also thyroid receptors on your liver so every Everything is so connected and it's like totally working against your physiology. Um, I think everyone listening to this podcast episode, I feel like would have that kind of perception about birth control. Um, I don't believe it's supportive to us as women. So, um, that's kind of, <laughs> I've seen so many horror stories and heard so many horror stories, um, about being on the pill. So I think there's a lot of things that were not being told prior to being handed that prescription. And I bet if we were told those things and kind of given a glimpse of what our potential futures could look like also the, the whole impaired fertility piece, like, um, not ovulating, therefore mm-hmm. not able to have a baby. Yes. So I mean, I know some women also are able to conceive immediately after getting off the pill, And hey, that may be great for them. But there's also like the health of your baby that you have to consider. The health of you, you have to consider. Like the nutrient efficiencies that you'd be going into pregnancy with. Like that is a beautiful yet stressful event that you need a lot of minerals for. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I'm not particularly a big fan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would have to agree. Yeah. So so this, um, it's kind of piggybacked off of that, but... Uh, this person says, "I know the pill is to be avoided, but what about other forms of birth control?"
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because some people will ask, like, "Okay, but what about the copper IUD or yes, what about?" I hear the that one, one of-
0: all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> um, so the copper IUD works by killing off any sperm. Um, with the, mm. the copper and some people are like, Oh, so would the copper IUD be good, because I'm trying to get more copper into my body. And that's, <laughs> actually so misconstrued because we need bioavailable copper in the body. The, the copper IUD actually creates a lot of unbound, uh, copper and can ther- therefore create copper toxicity. Mm-hmm. Um, lack of bioavailable copper in the body um, can create even more iron dysregulation. And if someone is already estrogen dominant and they get get on the copper IUD, um, that can actually worsen so many things, like so many of their estrogen dominant symptoms in the first place. So they're usually coming out like with worsened mood swings and heavier periods um, after getting on the copper IUD. So, don't think that's a good option either. The mm-hmm. hormonal IUD, um, like Marina, some people say that um, you actually still could potentially ovulate with that, which is good. Um, oh, yeah. But I just particularly, I've heard horror stories about that too, like really painful stories about that. I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely something you have to be careful about. But I my preferred method would be the fertility awareness method. And that's mm-hmm. using the biomarkers, uh, your basal body temperature, your cervical mu- mucus and your cervical position. So I'm not a, 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 fertility awareness instructor, but my friend Jamie will actually be joining us in the preconception program next year. Um, she's a fertility awareness instructor and loves talking all things, cervical mucus and, uh, temperatures, progesterone and, and all the things. And I'm just really excited to have her on. Um, and then my friend Nina has a course, um, Talking all things fam and really teaching you the ins and outs of fam so that you can really just become your own fam instructor. Um, and that course is Luna, so I can also send you that link. Um, if anyone is interested in learning about their biomarkers and what everything means, because it can definitely feel daunting. Um, Mm -hmm. because we want these things, but I think it's a wonderful tool, it's free empowering and easy once you actually get into the swing of it, which is probably around like three to four cycles in. Um, so okay. yeah, that's my preferred method.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, I have the book, um, taking charge of your fertility yes. and I'm working my way through that. A lot. Um, yeah. My husband and I have contemplated trying for our next one so maybe I should say that on the podcast but (laughs) so I'm trying to I'm trying to really master it or at least get a good grasp on it um so that's that's a lot of really good information maybe I'll have to check out your your course
1: (laughs) oh my gosh yes I'm uh I'm excited about it but in the meantime Mm -hmm. like uh Nina and Jamie are awesome resources but that book is like the holy grail yes yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome
0: yeah so uh, that was all the questions we had um if you want to share a little bit more about like the courses that you offer any freebies your instagram your podcast all of that
1: yeah oh my gosh well this has been a lot of fun I know this is
0: like I said I learned a lot today so (laughs) this is really good
1: you like could talk for a long time I do think so too we'll have to catch up some other time but um mm-hmm. Instagram is Kiara Marie that's my website too Kiara uh, dot com. uh right now we our only offerings are going to be breakthrough sessions as a one-on-one client um which is essentially a 90 minute call with me includes one lab review depending um, on the tests that you'd like to purchase alongside of it um and then a 30 minute follow up so that's kind of like you have a 90 day roadmap and then we catch up in 30 days um that's kind of like a a one and done that some people really love because it's like you learn so much and it's not really like a two hour call. It's more like two, I mean, it's not like a 90 minute call. It's more of like a two hour call Um, because there's just so much that we cover Mm -hmm. um, pretty intense, but it's definitely, it brings a lot of clarity to a lot of women that I work with. And we also have period restoration, which is my online DIY course. That's four hours long with a a bunch of like, um, different worksheets and helpful resources along the way so that you can essentially restore your fertility and understand the foundations that really go into that. Um, Mm -hmm. if you really want to understand the foundations and, and know what I'm talking about in like in the first place, I would download my optimizing your fertility and menstrual cycle, um, freebie that I can send you as well. And, um, that has a 20 minute video training along with a downloadable PDF. Um, and then next year in March, we're launching the, uh, nourished mama preconception program, which is going to be 16 weeks long. You get your own hair kit. Um, you get your Full Monty Iron Panel. Um, you'll get re- video results from me um, regarding both of those, and then every two weeks we have a one and a half hour long video call with guest experts in the field. Like Noelle is going to be on it. Oh my gosh, Teresa, uh, my friend Adina. There's going to be so many wonderful guest experts on, on that uh, in that program, and I'm just super freaking stoked for it. Um, sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah. And then you're also going to get like biweekly videos dripped out from me just to really help you understand like the foundations that need to go into play. Lots of accountability inside, making sure that you feel held and supported, um, as well as like a like-minded community of women who are on the same path and a Slack channel buddies, um, just the whole works. I'm just super excited for it. So that's kind of why we stopped one-on-one work, um, for the time mm-hmm. being and just really looking to enhance that program. So that's all that we wow. have. Wow. No, that yeah. is so
0: cool. Like, like I said, you're doing so many cool things.
1: <laughs> Good um, for you. <laughs> <thank> you. <laughs> um.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. I know this will educate a lot of, a lot of women who are curious about this topic. So <laughs>
1: I hope so. Thanks for having me on.
0: it's time for A Minute with Mir, the part of the show where I will share a Bible verse that's been on my heart, a product I've been loving, or a quote I wanted to pass on. Honestly, anything that has blessed me in my everyday life. For this week's Minute with Mir, I wanted to share with you a brand that I love. Um, Some of you may have already heard of it, but Crucial 4 is just so incredible this is not sponsored but they have i get their icelandic flake sea salt uh their salt is the highest quality i have ever i've ever owned i've ever seen all the research i've done their salt is hands down the best um i have a subscription to them so i get their salt delivered once a month um again highest quality i put it on everything it tastes so good it's nice and flaky Um, and they also have tons of other good products like they have um, colostrum that you can add to your smoothies or ice cream or whatever they have um, magnesium bicarbonate powder that you can make if you have a soda stream at home they have just again all these great products their customer service is also absolutely incredible Um, and yeah I just I really wanted to share that brand with you because like I've discovered many brands, like since starting a, this health venture, I guess. Um, but Crucial Four, I've just always had good experiences with. Like not saying the other ones, um, I haven't. But specific, like Crucial Four, just stands out. There we go. That's what I want to say. They just stand out because their customer service is so good. They are so um, active on their Instagram and. Um, their products are just so stellar. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. Everything I mentioned today will be linked in the episode description below. If you would like to keep up with my day-to-day life, you can find me at Sincerely Mirror on Instagram.